uncertainty, sadness, weariness, old stories, old habits, old conversations, old ways. Are you ready for something new? A new year, new possibilities, new opportunities. God's invitation to something new. Make it awesome. Good morning, everyone. It's very good to see you today. Welcome to First Christian Church, and uh, I'm glad you're with us. For those who are watching online, we're very glad you're with us as well. If you're in the East Auditorium and everybody here in the West, it's good to see you. And for those who are online, you, because we have people that watch outside, from outside of Decatur, we were, we were nailed with a very surprising snowstorm last night with probably, what, six inches, seven inches, and we woke up, none of us expected this, it sort of speaks. So it's been a fascinating morning trying to get the parking lot cleared. Thank you for being safe in the parking lot. Be safe as you go out, please. Be mindful of that. And, um, well, it's just good to be together. My name is Wayne Kent. It's my privilege to be but one of the pastors here. And uh, we're going to spend some time together today looking at Scripture. If we take your Bible, please, and turn to Psalm 128. It's more or less in the book, middle of the book, okay? Or perhaps you've got to pick it up on your smart screen of some sort or on your computer. I want to start by, um, well, I used to be a runner. I say used to be. Used to be is kind of the key word there. I, starting in high school and then throughout probably all of my life through about my early 50s, I'd run three to five times a, a week, maybe three to five miles at a pop. Uh, I was never fast. Um, I, I, I entered a lot of racers, and um, I, I have a, dozens of T-shirts to prove that. But I only ever won one trophy. I got a third place one time. Um, I was never the guy that was, you know, going to cut at the tape at the front of the pack. Uh, as a matter of fact, usually what would happen is I'd get myself into trouble as soon as the race started because there'd be people who could run faster than me, just legitimately faster than me, not just because it was a fast. They could, and I, my adrenaline would start running, and, and I would get going way too fast for what was appropriate. And about half a mile in, I'd go, you can't keep this up, you silly fellow. And so then I'd end up back at the back of the pack and would have wasted a lot of energy in the first, you know, three minutes of the race and so forth. Anyways, I did win a third place trophy one time, third place for my age bracket. And the reason I ran one third place is there were only three people in my age bracket. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never knew what it was like to break the tape at the front, you know, when you the first one across the finish line. I was always the guy who crossed the finish line so far behind the pack that the people who were there at the front, uh, they were having already their third cup of Gatorade post-race by then, and I was just like... <laughs> As a matter of fact, it, I wasn't, it was quite common that I'd get to the end of the race and there'd be just the paid workers would be there. There'd be no more cheering. I mean, there's nothing going on. Just the people who are managing the race would be there picking up paper cups. And they go, oh, another guy's coming in. Where's he been? And they go, you can make it. You can keep on, keep it on. And in their head, I always knew what they were thinking was, why are you bothering? It was what they had to be thinking. Uh, one of my most difficult races 
which probably uh, attributed to the fact of why I quit running, was uh, the Lakeshore Classic down at Nelson Park. If any of you have ever run that race, it's 9.3, count them, 9.3 miles long. It's on the hottest day of the year every year. It's in the middle of July, and it's about 175 degrees when you run. And um, it's, it, it's, it's um, do you have you any idea how far 9.3 miles is in the middle of July running in the Illinois heat? You start at Nelson Park. Can I remind you, it's 9.3 miles. You start at Nelson Park, you go under 36, all the way out to the William Street Bridge, across the William Street Bridge, to the back side of the airport. I mean, you're seeing planes take off and land, okay? You, you come back to the front of the airport. I remember seeing the National Guard helicopters there thinking, maybe they could pick me up and take me back to my car and I'll just call it, I already got the t-shirt type thing. Nope, they didn't help me. You come down Country Club Road, you're going south now across 36, and you know, we live in the flatlands of Illinois, right? There's only one major hill in our city. Do you know where that is? It's in front of the zoo, right? And so as I'm, as I'm crossing over 36 and you take the right, can you think of where I am, those of you from Decatur? And you take the right and you get to the bottom of the hill there, and I remember as I'm puffing, <laughs> past the zoo, <laughs> Jesus, please come right now. The second coming will be perfect right now. And there are still miles to go. Why did I run that race? That's not a rhetorical question for you to answer. It's a question I've asked myself many times. Why did I bother running that race? I've adapted my running then. Um, I'm now adapted to a more slow and easy W. Kent, Wayne Kent style of walking. It's um, about 15 miles a week or so. And um, I can tell you, if you want to take a two-mile walk from our house, the, the route you should take. If you want to take a three-mile walk, the route you should take. If you want to take a seven-mile walk, where you should go, through, what neighborhoods you should go through, and you know what sidewalks there are, I can tell you where the dogs are that are not fenced. That's an issue. I've faced that before. And so this business of running and walking, I've learned this. Uh, you need to have a route. I was on a run once a cross-country run, and I got lost because the pack was so far in front of me. <laughs> I didn't know where I was. I, I went the wrong way altogether. So you need a map, at least in your head, right? And that's what I'm going to do with us today. We're going to take a look at our map for 2021. After all, this weekend is the first of 52 weekends called 2021, and um, I think we're all hoping that this year's walk this walk through the calendar, we want it to be far more awesome than the tragedy called 2020. I think we're aware that the opening weeks of this year are not going to be significantly different than the closing weeks of 2020. Um, and if that's the case, what's the best plan for a person of faith? Last week, Pastor Brian marvelously reminded us that when we look to experience God in, in um, all of God's, you know, in all the best way that's possible. We should always look for the presence of God. It was great insight that he brought to us. But once that's in place, what's next? That's going to be our sermon focus for the next month. We're going to look for ways to make 2021 absolutely awesome, regardless of the circumstances around us, as we experience God's presence. So for today, we'll set the stage for what else happens throughout this month. And since we are facing this 12-month-long walk, or run at times, through the calendar called 2021, I hope to provide you with a map. 
a series of GPS coordinates, if you will, for the journey ahead. And the map that really I've been, I've been working with this psalm since the summer, Psalm 128. Um, the, the worship team wrote that song that you heard just a few moments ago based on, I told them, we're going to start the new year with this psalm. And they suggested that, hey, could you write a song about that? And they've done that marvelously. And thanks to them. So we'll, we're going to start today in Psalm 128 and go from there, okay? Uh, it goes this way. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. There's the walking business. That's where I've thought about this idea of maps and a GPS and how we're going to move through this year. As a matter of fact, why don't you read the whole psalm out loud with me, if you would, please. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You'll eat the fruit of your labor, Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And may you live to see your children's children. Please, peace be on Israel. So there's the key to our walk through 2021. It's found in this psalm. It tells of a worldview. It tells of a 2021 view, a life approach, namely that people of faith, people of Christian faith, we fear the Lord. We ask, God, how do you want us to live? And, and when we say fear the Lord, I fear we've lost the meaning of the word given the fears we face in a fearful world at the end of a year of fear. We don't really know what fear the Lord means, do we? I mean, we have this sense that, man, if I'm going to be afraid of God, then that probably means that God is far bigger than me, and that's absolutely true. And we say God is far bigger than me, and I could get squished by God's little finger and be completely obliterated if God so chose. And so I guess that does bring a fear of the Almighty deep within us when I think about how big God is, I can't even take that all in, versus how small I am. There's a point of fear in that, absolutely. You see these stories of scripture where people meet God and they fall flat on their face in fear. I get it. Perhaps, though, a better approach to understand the fear of God is to think of reverence. That's the life approach of people of faith who choose to fear God. Yeah, we know God that is, is almighty, is all-powerful. God's able to command legions of angels. God, God's able to to command the entire created order. And if he wanted to, if God chose all those angels, all the created order could be marshaled against you. It could, be, it could be directed against me. It could be directed against one nation. Or God's great power could be directed against the entire globe if God chose. But instead, what does God do? God acts in love. We've just come through a celebration of the most key understanding of that the most appropriate, the most visible expression we know of God's divine love for us is the coming of Jesus Christ. And given our world's evil inclinations, it's interesting to me that instead of sending an event to wipe out the earth, what, is, what did God do? God sent a baby to change the hearts of people. See, that, friends, there's a dramatic difference, a significant difference between divine annihilation and divine compassionate rescuing. And God chose the rescuing approach through Jesus Christ. And this God of rescue deserves our reverence. 
like you, I'd like to have a worldview of reverence before God. And before we're done here today, I'm going to give you some practical questions that you can ask of yourself when it comes to this idea of I'm going to be reverent before God. But before we get to that, I want you to note the results of being a person of reverence. The results of having this kind of view of life and this um, GPS of God orientation, if you will. We read this, that blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You'll eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your spouse will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around the table. Yes, this will be the blessing of the one who fears the Lord. I want you to notice, friends, that this reverence involves obedience to God's life approach. Remember, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. And when you have that kind of life walk, when you have that kind of life approach, there are some benefits. And apparently, some of the blessings include the way in which we, our labor has productivity, the way in which our, our homes are filled with laughter, and there's some things about generations to come. In other words, so the blessings then that come as a result of walking in this God view life and taking on 2021 with this God approach include careers that have meaning, homes that are filled with laughter and joy futures that are sealed for generations to come. And even as I say that, I'm fully aware that there are some here today, or perhaps with us online, that would say, well, that's fine, Pastor, but I don't fit the typical profile of, you know, two-parent household and three kids and their careers are going well. I, I'm single or I, I don't have a career that's going well and so on. And You'd say, I don't have any kids, and we're not going to have kids. I, I, so this psalm doesn't apply to me. Well, please note that I said this is a life approach. And Psalm 128 is a prescription for following God's life approaches. It's not a focus on particular blessings. I mean, I like blessings. I like when I see what God's going to do in my life or I experience that. I've been blessed with a wonderful Fruit of my labor, if you will. I've been blessed with a wonderful career that's involved many of you. I, Leslie and I were reminding ourselves last night. We finished, uh, the, the, this weekend's our 27th anniversary in, this, in the life of this congregation. So we've had, done a lot of life with you guys. And we have, we have a home that is filled with children and laughter. And, and I, like, I like all that. You know what I like most, though, is rather than looking for the particular blessings... What I like most is this sense of settledness and peace before God. The generations to come, that's all settled, regardless of the particulars right now. Friends, because this, I, I need to point this out. If your only reason to follow God is to, is to experience divine blessings, then you've lost the point of godly reverence. You are chasing the byproduct of godly rules instead of the relationship of a walk with God using God's map and GPS. I say that because I know the stories here in this building, in people's lives. I know the stories of some of you online. And, and um, guys, I'm going to take a break right here, as a matter of fact, uh, from, from where they, I'm going to send the, the audio and video team in line. Where is he going with this? We are a congregation that believes in the work of the Holy Spirit. We're a congregation that believes that God directs us moment by moment. And I would say this, right now, in this worship service, or if you're watching online three minutes from now or three hours from now, 
there's someone who's wondering, man, is God really working in my life? I want you to know, friend, God is absolutely engaged in life. I don't know who that is, but that's a deep understanding within me right this moment. The Holy Spirit is saying, you're wondering about 2021 because you're looking at all these blessings of Psalm 128 and you go, there's none of those in my life. I want you to know, friend, be assured. It's not the particular blessings of the issue. It's a decision to walk in obedience to God that God watches over. So maybe to illustrate that, in, particularly in this moment right now, um, many of us here have a friend, a dear friend by the name of Doug Harvey. Doug lived in our, and his wife Bev lived in our community for many years. He was an elder on our team here at the church. He was my co-host on Direct Line on the radio for years, and um, he was clergy, had a, a job in ministry, and a few years ago, Doug and his wife Bev left Decatur for Iowa. He took a pastoral position up there, and they very soon ran into some trouble, some matters that brought great trial, and once there, within a few months, cancer killed Bev. She died. And I mean, I remember wondering, how's this going to work? They've just arrived there. They're brand new in that church. They're less than a year. And uh, in light of Psalm 128 and this sense that maybe what if these blessings aren't there? What do you do? Well, Doug and I chatted together about how did he manage God's GPS and God, obedience to God in the middle of what would have been his greatest trial, the loss of his wife. Pay attention to what he had to say. Doug, it's great to have you here at First Christian Church. It feels like getting you home for just somehow or other, getting you back to the, your old uh, stomping grounds. We're very glad to have you with us here at First Christian today. And um, you know that I've been chatting with the congregation about Psalm 128 and our desire to set our first agenda for the year to be the agenda to, to honor God. And how, sort of a worldview of that, if you will. How does that work out in your life? What have you discovered in that regard? That's great. You, you really got me thinking this week with your, your questions, Wayne. Uh, and one of the major things that keeps coming back to me is Jesus' story about the house on the rock and the house on the sand. And to choose to build your life on anything except a solid trust that God, uh, well, first of all, in Christ as your Savior, of course, but then your lifestyle after that in a trust that God really knows what he's doing. And the, when things seem up or down, that, that's all part of a much bigger plan I don't really have a handle on. And I can focus my life on walking with him, loving him. And if I stay anchored there, if that's my foundation, I can walk through the good and the bad. And so in that regard, then, Doug, you had some, you know, when you, when you left Decatur, which is how many years ago now? Five, yeah. I think it was five or six years ago. Um, life took a pretty rough turn pretty quickly. And I remember making some trips up to Iowa in the midst of what were some mm -hmm. long, long drive pastoral visits, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And well, it was pretty well, rough. Can you unpack well, that for a little bit for us? Sure. It was a rough year. Uh, all the treatments and the the roller coaster of hey, I think we got this licked, and oh no, we don't. But again, 
as you know, and, and, and as part of your life as well, Wayne, we've rooted our lives, anchored those lives in Jesus Christ rather than the external circumstances. And actually, we, we enjoyed life, even in the tough times. Uh, we didn't enjoy them at the moment, you know, a few times, but uh, we, we just, we kept our relationship strong. We, we tried to have all the fun we could with the, the time we had, and, and we were blessed. We knew we were blessed because even though it wasn't how we would have planned it, we knew God has a better picture of what we really need. And what comes is what's best if you're following him, and even so, if it's lymphoma. Right. So then it wasn't but a period later and we discover that you are in love <laughs> and you were almost giddy at times. <laughs> no, it's one of your dear friends to listen and to you have you chat about this new uh, lady who had appeared in your life, and um, uh, without saying without saying, okay, it's better with Beth. No, I'm, I'm just it's a different yeah. world for you. How, how does different. it all come together? No, we're again trying to keep my life anchored in Christ. Uh, Honestly, I'd done a lot of my grieving before Bev died because uh, we knew where this was all headed after a while. But then, uh, actually, sooner than I would advise people, I just had a sense of God's leading to start looking, uh, which, uh, and again, I had to try. It boggles, it boggles my mind to start looking. That's incredible language. I just had a sense of God's leading there, and it's way too long to get into for this conversation, but had I not been looking at the moment I was looking, Pat and I would have passed like ships in the night, and this could not have happened. It just, uh, and again, God's timing for good and for bad. And uh, this case, very good. Uh, we found each other, and it didn't take very long to know this is right. This is supposed to happen. So we quickly said, hey, we're at that age where you don't waste your time. Let's get married. Let's do this. Uh, again, and it's turned out to be great. As I mentioned to you, you know, this is a couple of years ago now. Congratulations. And most of all, what I've loved watching from the, from the outside looking in is seeing your desire to follow God wherever it leads in the pain and the joy, and it's a great story. And thanks again for telling us a little bit of it yet today. So what you have there is a story of um, three people, or Doug in particular, saying, I'm going to fear God. I'm going to show reverence with the focus on God and just not what I can get out of it. See, if you want to live 2021 as awesome, then focus your reverence on God. So I want to give you some questions to ask. Some que and you might want to write these down because we're going to move through them very quickly. Some questions that will, um, you can use each time you approach a decision, if you face a conversation, as you contemplate whether or not I should post this on social media, as you form your opinion about this matter or that matter or this person or that person. Some questions to ask of yourself in the middle of it, to say, these are questions that can help you say, this is how I am going to revere God. This is how I'm going to set my GPS. So here's the questions. 
Is this matter, this decision I'm about to make, is it God worthy? Would God be pleased with this? Is Christ honored? And can the Holy Spirit be present in this matter? So those three questions, triune questions about the triune God. Is this God worthy? Is Christ honored? And can the Holy Spirit be present in this matter? If you cannot answer yes to all three of those questions, then if this GPS map that's led by God would lead you to a different choice, would lead you to a different life approach. Remember, remember this, that reverence before God means fearing God. It means walking in the way of God. And so to ask those questions, is this God worthy? If you need to get your phone out and take a photo of that, do that. Is Christ honored? And can the Holy Spirit be present in this, in this matter? If you can answer yes to that, then jump in. Jump in. But if you can't answer yes to all three, then back up and say, okay, God, the GPS is not going that way. It's going this way. I'm going to walk with you this way. I mean, because as we walk with God, if we pay attention to those sorts of questions, we end up in a good spot. But if we don't pay attention to those questions, we end up in a very bad spot. And I want you to think about that this way. Um, there's a wonderful walk in Great Britain that I would like to take one day. Uh, it's, it's not very long. It's a little over two miles. It's off the coast of um, Essex, of, of Great Britain, and it's, it goes from the mainland to a little island. It's about two, little more than two miles off the coast. It's called the Broomway. Now, the Broomway is very old. The oldest reference that we have to the Broomway of people taking this walk goes back to 1419, more than 600 years ago. For 600 years, people have been taking this walk from the mainland out to that little island. And why, it's called the Broomway for this reason, because it's all um, made of tidal bogs, and there's a lot of quicksand, but there is a path through all that quicksand, and it's marked by a series of 400 brooms that are turned upside down and put in, in stable ground. And those brooms are placed every 30 to 60 yards. And so if you follow the path of the brooms, you will stay on firm, dry ground. It starts off where you can see there with some cement, but after 100 yards or so, you're on, you're on just sand. But if you don't stay in the brooms, don't stay on the broomway, you're in real trouble. First of all, you might get stuck in quicksand. And I actually saw some videos of how they help people figure out how to get out of quicksand if they end up in the quicksand. If it's foggy, there are signs that say, do not go this, do this during the fog because some of the brooms are further apart and in dense fog, you'll actually get disoriented. You won't know if you're going to the island or back from the island. You'll get lost. You'll end up in the bog. Or here's something that's even more fascinating to me. That land is extremely flat and the tide goes out and you have to leave as, and start your walk as the tide goes out and you want to be back to the mainland before the tide comes back in or on the island at least and you have to wait 12 hours then for the tide to turn again because when the tide comes back in it comes in faster and deeper than a person can, can that you, you can't wade and it comes in faster than a person can run and there are countless people who have died going on this walk as a matter of fact out on the island there is a graveyard full of bodies that are of unmarked graves with unmarked bodies. So many people have died on this broomway walk and never been identified in the 600 years. But if you stay between the brooms 
And if you go at the right moment, if you say, okay, this is where my GPS is taking me out there and I'm going to wait for the right moment to leave, you can have a wonderful walk through this beautiful spot of God's earth. Now, walking through the calendar of 2021 with a life view, with a, with a lens, if you say, of honoring God, that can be wonderful and beautiful. But if you get outside of honoring God, then walking is fraught with danger. I'd like to pray about that. I'd like to pray for my life to say, hey, God, in all the challenges of 2021 coming before me, I'd really like to walk through this year, run through this year if I need to, but walk through this year uh, in, in in the direction you want me to go, staying on your solid ground, and walking in a place of beauty. So to that end, what I've done is I've taken Psalm 128 and rewritten it, kind of um, adapted it, if you will, uh, as a prayer uh, that might be more appropriate for language of our time and our setting. And I'm going to read through it once. And uh, if you're in agreement, I, want you to, I don't want you to pray something you're not in agreement with. So I'm going to read it once. And if you're in agreement, then I invite you to read it with me again. So it goes this way. God, we know blessings come to the person who walks in obedient reverence with you. Blessings and prosperity will attend to that person. A fruitful vine is found in their home. Children will be like olive shoots around the table. Lord, bless us from heaven. May we see your prosperity all the days of our lives. See, friends, there's nothing wrong with being prosperous. God wants to bless us. But if we just seek that, that's where the problem comes. So we can pray. God, bless us from heaven. May we see your prosperity all the days of our lives. May we live to see our children's children, all of us experience peace as we revere you in all things. If you'd like to pray that prayer with me, I'm invite you to pray it out loud. And so here in the West and in the East, and would you stand together and let's, if you're comfortable in praying this prayer, then I invite you to join me. If you're online, you're invited to join us and let's um, start this year by saying, God, we wanna fear you. So, Let's, let's read this out loud together, guys, if you throw it up there again. Here we go. God, we know blessings come to the person who walks in obedient reverence with you. Blessings and prosperity will attend to that person. A fruitful vine is found within their home. Children will be like olive shoots around the table. Lord, bless us from heaven. May we see your prosperity all the days of our lives. May we live to see our children's children all of us experiencing peace as we revere you in all things. You know what you did, your friends? Uh, You just set yourself up for 2021. You set yourself up to say, this is how I want to live my life. If you prayed that prayer, you said, God, I'm wanting to honor you with everything I do. I'm going to say, is this God worthy? Is this Christ honoring? And is the whole, can the Holy Spirit be present here? And in the midst of that, you know what this? That's saying, I'm going to walk on solid ground. I'm going to walk between your markers. And it's going to be a walk of beauty. But, and coming as a result of that, maybe some blessings. But whether or not the blessings come, I want to walk with you. A few minutes ago, the worship team in both the East and the West um, sang that song that they've written to reflect Psalm 128. And now that you've heard it once, I invite you to sing along with them. And uh, we're doing a reprise of it, a shorter version, if you will, that just helps us 
make this our prayer as well. I invite you to sing as they lead us. and to sing together, praising our God who not only gives us blessings, but is the one who fights our battles, who's the one who goes before us and behind us and who is around us and in us and through us, the one who does everything for us. And so we're going to continue to lift his name up, making it great in this place today.
Victory